Tonight, 2024 is barely two weeks old, and we have already had four separate police forces completely embarrass themselves. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Well, it sure isn't a happy new year so far for a handful of police forces across Canada. Indeed, we're not even two weeks into 2024, and we have members of four separate police forces coming across as new age versions of the Keystone Cops as opposed to professional law enforcement personnel. Without further ado, let's take note of what I call the unfantastic four. First up, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I'll wager that most of you are familiar with our story earlier this week when I tried to scrum Deputy PM Christia Freeland in Richmond Hill, Ontario. The video of what ensued went viral the world over, and with good reason. When a democracy morphs into a police state, this is an egregious affront to the rights of all citizens. To recap, one particular member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police really stepped into a pile of metaphorical horse manure on Monday. It took place at the Richmond Hill Centre for the Performing Arts. This was the venue for a fourth anniversary vigil for the victims of Ukrainian International Airlines PS752, which was shot down by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps in 2020. 176 innocent civilians, plus an unborn child, died in that massacre. The death toll includes 55 Canadians and 30 permanent residents. And yet, some four years later, the IRGC is not recognized as a terrorist group by Canada. Why? Well, that's the question I directed to Fraulein Freeland. Check out what happened. Ms. Freeland, how come the IRGC is not a terrorist group? Why is your government supporting Islamo Aggressively? No, no, your actions were. You were almost pushing everybody over. 
Okay. Lincoln, you got this on video, right? He's saying I'm pushing people over. Yeah, that, that's an absolute falsehood. There were, there were feet were shuffling. So now it appeared that way. That's what you're saying, officer. Well, it appeared that was what pushing I saw. people. Well, I wasn't. I, I didn't touch a single person. That was a little bit aggressive for what was happening. Get that. You got it. Got, you're under arrest. Please okay. take the microphone out of my face. Well, oh, I, I'd like a, I'd like so an ongoing record of this. Can I have the microphone? Can I have the microphone? Can I have the microphone? Can you give? Welcome to Black Faces Canada. This is what they do to journalists. I was merely scrumming Minister Freeland and a RCMP officer blocked me and evidently this is now a trumped up charge of assault folks. I didn't come here to cause any trouble. I came here to do my job and now I'm handcuffed. This this is your Canada now folks. Well, newsflash, looks like if you are not an approved member of Blackface's state-funded media corps, then you stand to get arrested on trumped-up charges for, oh, I don't know, asking impolite questions? Make no mistake, this was a stitch-up. I was framed. If you care to watch the video again, check out the nine-second mark. That's when this Royal Canadian mounted henchman sticks out his arm to block me. But again, why? Just like Freeland, he knows who I am. If he doesn't, he can clearly see the Rebel News mic flash. He and she know I mean no harm to anyone unless insensitive questions are tantamount to dangerous ammunition these days. We don't have his name yet, but allegedly his nickname is Bouncer. Well, that's fitting because this thug needs to be bounced from the RCMP ASAP. By the way, I experienced two emotions during that encounter, folks. The first was shock. The second was a profound sense of deja vu. Do you remember what happened to me in December 2021? I was standing on a public sidewalk in downtown Toronto, awaiting the arrival of the crime minister. You see, at the time, blackface had just demanded that Canadians should not get together at Christmas time due to COVID. Uh, too dangerous, you see. Got to practice social distancing. Uh, kindly cancel Christmas, will ya? Oh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. But get a load of this. A couple of weeks before Christmas Day, Blackface was staging one of those $1,700 a plate fundraising dinners at the Brickworks restaurant. And lo and behold, donors and members of the state-approved mainstream media were packed into this eatery like proverbial sardines. Yet again, one law for thee, one law for me, an all-too-common narrative during that coronavirus scandemic. Well, my mission that night was to simply ask the PM one question. Why the double standard? Why do Canadians have to put Christmas on the back burner, but it's fair dinkum for blackface supporters to cram into a restaurant? I thought Justin would either just flash us that goofy smile of his or do that idiotic wave after getting out of his SUV. He'd make a beeline to the restaurant and then I would simply do streeters with passers-by 
to get their take on this grotesque double standard. But alas, once Blackface's motorcade rolled up, this is what happened. Get off me. Hey, I can. Hey, this is assault. Move. I'm on a side. What is this? I'm on a sidewalk. I'm on a side. What is this? You cannot touch me. No rushing work. Hey. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I told you. What is this? You can't. Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Shocking. Keep in mind that I wasn't even under arrest when I endured that smackdown. That's because there was nothing to arrest me for. I was a journalist standing on a public sidewalk waiting to ask a question. What you saw in both that video from 2021 and in the video from just three days ago is Banana Republic stuff. Actually, correction, we don't grow bananas in Canada. I guess our dominion under blackface is a maple syrup republic. Now, back in 2021, we did indeed file a lawsuit against the RCMP based on their egregious behavior. That's still before the courts. And in the days ahead, we will be suing the Mounties yet again, as well as the York Regional Police Service and Minister Freeland herself. We have four claims, false arrest, false imprisonment, malicious prosecution, and assault. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to help us out and stand up for freedom of the independent press, please make a donation at standwithdavid.com. Thank you very much. By the way, the RCMP has issued a statement noting that this incident is now under review. Can't wait for that outcome. In the meantime, Officer Bouncer, I think he needs to remove himself from the streets. I think he'd do well perhaps in the field of sports entertainment. After all, we know he is well-skilled when it comes to delivering a clothesline. Next up, the Toronto Police Service. Perhaps getting assaulted by Dudley Durong on Monday was entirely my fault, folks. After all, as many commentators have pointed out, I should have uh, chanted, I don't know, genocide to an identifiable group. If so, I probably wouldn't have been roughed up and arrested, but rather I might have been served some Timbits and a hot cup of joe. That's what happened last Saturday in Toronto. Yet again, those pro-Hamas demonstrators showed up to occupy the Avenue Road Bridge that spans Highway 401. Why is it always this bridge, by the way? There are dozens of bridges spanning over the 401 as it winds past Toronto. Surely it has nothing to do with the significant Jewish population that live in this area. <laughs> oh, never mind. Anyway, what has been the role of law enforcement when it comes to these river-to-the-sea hooligans? 
Have they been arrested for hate speech? Have they had their bank accounts frozen? Have they even been interrogated, i.e., um, hey, where were you on the night of January 3rd when that Jewish deli nearby was firebombed? Oh, don't be silly, folks. That would be impolite and insensitive and maybe even Islamophobic. So typically, the Toronto cops turn a blind eye to the pro-Hamas shenanigans, which range from committing vandalism to assault to even uttering death threats. But last Saturday... Hogtown's finest did something even more unbelievably egregious. Namely, the cops transitioned into Uber Eats drivers and delivered Tim Horton's coffee and donuts to the demonstrators. Check out this image captured by Kareem Assad, which ended up on the front page of the Toronto Sun. To paraphrase an Oprah Winfrey line, and a coffee for you, and a coffee for you, and a coffee for you, and a coffee for you. Oh, and uh, as far as uh, Tim Horton's edibles are concerned. Say, folks, don't you think it's great that Timmy's is bringing back the Dutchie as it celebrates its 60th anniversary this year? Oh, my fat ricotta cheese candy ass just can't wait. Then again, maybe that's why I'm diabetic. Anyway, maybe we need to cut the cops some slack. After all, when the pals are outside facing the elements in the cruel month of January, they can get pretty frigid and thirsty and hungry as they advocate death to the Jews and the annihilation of the Jewish state. Thankfully, the cops know the location of every donut shop in the GTA. Gee, do you think the Toronto Police Service should modify its slogan to read, quote, to serve coffee and protect terrorist sympathizers from getting hungry, end quote. Number three on the list of my unfantastic four police forces is the Quebec Provincial Police. You know, in this day and age of MightyAmazon.com, porch piracy continues to be a growing problem the world over. You know the drill, the courier drops off a delivery on your porch, and before you get home from work, the package has disappeared, thanks to some odious thief, of course. Well, the police in La Belle Provence are very, very concerned about this matter, folks. Oh, not the thievery, mind you. No, rather, they are fretting over the privacy rights of the thieves. I kid you not, check out this excerpt from CTV News the other day. Provincial police are urging Quebecers to not post those clips online because they say there could be a case for defamation. You cannot post the images yourself because uh, uh, you have to remember that in Canada we have a presumption of innocence. And posting that picture could be a violation of private life. Instead, he says if anything is stolen, call 911. If you get some proof that somebody might have stolen something, then call the police, give the proof to the police, and then we'll do the, the investigation. We're, we'll bring that person to justice and we'll file some charges. You know what, folks? On a scale of 1 to 1,000, can you possibly imagine how much I care about the privacy rights of burglars and other reprobates. 
hint, the number rhymes with hero. It is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what is the unspoken strategy here? Are the cops in Quebec actually trying to get honest, law-abiding citizens to despise them? And finally, I round out the unfantastic four law enforcement agencies with the Peterborough Police Service. I'm sure the vast majority of the men and women serving in the Peterborough Police Service are upstanding members of law enforcement. But why is it that the head honchos at this service all seem to be such imbeciles? Remember back in 2020 when former Peterborough Police Chief Scott Gilbert went on a jihad against freedom fighters demonstrating at a public park? PPC leader Maxime Bernier was charged, former Ontario MPP Randy Hillier was charged, and even yours truly was charged, even though I wasn't part of this gathering, but rather I was covering it as a journalist. No, 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 no. Back into your speech. Boo you! Don't be lying to me. Don't be lying to me. Nobody should fear government in a free country. Why are you not going to go that way? Because it's a public park. That's right. It's a public park. Will they make their kids live in the gulag of fear? that they're instilling or trying to? Will they? Or will they have a backbone? Will they have some gumption? Will they have principles? Will they have any conviction to their oath of office? I don't want a society, show me your papers. We don't want that. Trying to intimidate us, barricading the roads, trying to block people from coming in and showing their opposition to this de facto police state that Ontario is in. And get this, folks, when we got the notes of one of the officers observing my behavior, it was downright surreal. I was actually written up for the crimes of shaking hands and laughing. Oh, yeah. Check out the video. Yeah, I'm going to give him his court documents. His court documents? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so okay. he missed his other appointment, but they're being pretty flexible because of COVID-19. So how do you spell your first name? My first name? Yes. L-O-R-Y-N. L-O-R-Y-N? Yeah. The same last name? Yep. Menzies? Mm-hmm. And what, what court appearance is this for? It's for his uh, a failed compliant. A, a failed compliant? What yep. Failed? And the court date's there. All right. Okay. All right. Have a nice date. Well, thankfully, Chief Gilbert is gone. Yes, there's a new chief in town. His name is Stu Betts. Alas, when it comes to incompetent policing in Peterborough, as the saying goes, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. That's because uh, several days ago, a 22-year-old college student, Tejaswar Kalia, was working at the Circle K convenience store on King Street in Peterborough. A thug armed with a 
baseball bat entered the store to rob it. A scuffle ensued, and Mr. Kalia was allegedly struck with this baseball bat, but Kalia eventually disarmed the would-be bandit and used the thief's own weapon against him. Self-defense, right? Wrong, because the Peterborough police have charged Kalia with assault. Yes, he ended up in jail overnight for defending himself. He'll be back in court on January 30th, by the way. Gee, I guess Kalia should have just stood there, you know, and get his head smashed in. We'll have a vigil for him later, I suppose. Look, Kalia is a hero to me, not a criminal. And apparently millions of Canadians feel the same. The Peterborough Police Service has been deluged with comments by angry, law-abiding citizens. They can't believe the police have charged the wrong guy here. But get this, instead of charges being dropped, Chief Betts has doubled down on idiocy. Here's what he stated on X the other day. Public statement. I would not normally release a message of this kind, but the commentary that has taken place following our media release today in relation to a store clerk also being charged following an attempted robbery is unfair to the men and women of my organization. They are doing great work in our community. Yes, this case is unusual, but in a world where security cameras are everywhere, do you really think we would not have seized and reviewed the footage as part of the investigation and prior to laying charges? If you fall anything in the media, you will know that I cannot speak to the particulars of this case because it is before the court. But if you have a desire to know what has led to the charges, follow the case in court. Allow the facts of the case to guide your commentary and opinion, not your reaction to a headline. I have been chief of the Peterborough Police Service for exactly 365 days, one year today, and those who follow me and or live in our community know that I am vocal about public safety, accountability, and transparency, all in an effort to maintain public trust and confidence. I have every confidence in my staff. You may not like the police. You may not like my police organization in particular. I can't change or comment on what you believe may or may not have been done in the past. I wasn't part of the past. I am the present. This is not about politics. Politics have nothing to do with the facts. This is not about race, as some have suggested. This is not about the perception that criminals go free while victims of crime are penalized. This is about the law. I encourage you to stop and think about things before determining that you think has happened or that an injustice has taken place because I'm quite confident that not one person who has made a comment about this case has seen the video or has access to the actual facts, end quote. Oh, way to go, Stu Betts. Or is it Stugatz? My Italian friends know what I'm talking about there. Because not only did Stewie double down on stupidity, I think this idiot has prejudiced the case against Mr. Kalia, 
thanks to his social media remarks. What the hell was this guy thinking? And you know, folks, for me, this business of a police force going after the victim, well, that too is deja vu all over again. About a decade ago, the Toronto Police Service also apparently failed to grasp the concept of, you know, self-defense when they charged a restaurateur for defending himself. It was absolutely outrageous and egregious. Here, check out the report I filed for the dearly departed Sun News Network in which we rightfully mocked the Toronto Police Service. You may have heard about the case of Naveem Polapati. He's the Toronto restaurateur that has been victimized by thieves breaking into his restaurant, his car, several times. But the last time a thief came along to victimize Mr. Polapati, he fought back. Using a broomstick and some spices, he confronted the thief and called the police. But get a load of this. Police officers here at 14 Division, not only did they let the thief go, they charged Mr. Polapati with assault and using a nauseous substance. Mr. Polapati, you see, has been nicknamed the Spice Man because it was his use of spice that thwarted the bandit in the first place. So, as a primer, let's just see how effective spice deterrence is. What I suggest first is to, you know, fend off the thief with uh, something uh, light, like garlic, you know. Mm. There. Now, see, just do a little like that, you know, sort of in the mouth area. Rosemary's a fantastic spice. Mm. Oh, Bob's your uncle. And see, there you go. This is mustard seed. This is where the mustard you get at the ballpark comes from. And there you go. Look at that. Fantastic. Oh, pepper. See, you put a little pepper on. There you go. We got to go to the nuke. We got to go to the cayenne pepper, brother. So, thief. Get away from me. Stop victimizing me. The police aren't on their way because they don't believe in upholding the law against all the citizens. Ha, 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 ha. We're uh, teaching uh, citizens how to defend themselves with spice because uh, Mr. Polapati uh, was, uh, I think, charged for defending his property. So we thought we'd, uh, you know, do a little demonstration. What do you think about that? What I think right now, gentlemen, is, is that uh, this is not appropriate. Why is that? Look at it. It's not appropriate. And you need to not bring that so close to my face. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Uh, so why is it not appropriate? Because first, it's obstructing the sidewalk. All right? Oh, really? So I'm going to ask you to move that, please, from the sidewalk. And um, well, what about parsley? Is parsley appropriate for a thief? I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into this with you. I'm not going to do that. How about mustard? Is I'm mustard not going to get. I'm not going to get into that with you. Okay. You know oh. what? That's why we have the court. What, system. what about garlic? That's Is why garlic? We have the court system, and let's let the uh, charges play out in the court and see what the court system has to say. What I am asking you to do what, now. Rosemary. Is, is I'm what about ask rosemary? You, sir. I got some other ones. Hold on a second. You know what? Piri, piri, you're not piri. even trying to. You're not even trying what to. About piri, you're piri. not even listening. You're no, not I'm, even listening. No, sir, no, but, you're not. You're not listening. No, but you never and mentioned you're piri, not, piri. Um, I, I told is you already, I told you I wasn't going to discuss that. Oh. I was very clear on that. Well, okay. I said what that about, I would let that would go through the court what systems about cinnamon? as it should probably go. And you're having a hard time understanding me, sir. Bacon bits. Is this yours? Uh, I, it's actually not mine, but I very borrowed good. it. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. All right, sir, I'm going to take that as abandoned property. Oh, Oops, my. that's too bad. Oh, All right, can you please keep that? Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> okay. Is she under arrest? or? What about cayenne pepper, officer? Would red pepper be appropriate? 
Oh, what, what, watch her buttocks. Well, uh, here I am picking up the pieces. Too bad she left so quickly because uh, I'd like to give her the finger. You know, folks, that was my very first video for Sun News. I think it was my best video. Yeah, I know. I peaked too soon. But again, absolutely brutal law enforcement. Bottom line, the police, they have to do better. At Rebel News, we back the blue. All we really do. Without law enforcement, you end up with anarchy. But we don't back the blue when dumb cops assault journalists for asking impolite questions. We don't back the blue when law enforcement cares more about the rights of criminals than the safety of the honest, law-abiding citizens who pay their salaries. Law enforcement-wise, it has been a brutal start to the new year. Please, officers, give your collective heads a shake. Don't act as political puppets. Don't shed tears for the criminal element. Uphold your oath and enforce the law. That is your job, after all. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Richmond Hill, Ontario. And folks, I'm at the Richmond Hill Centre for the Performing Arts. The reason for me coming here, well, there is the fourth anniversary commemoration of the Ukrainian Airlines uh, flight that was shot down in January of 2020 over Iran. 179 innocent civilians died. Now, as you might know from a previous report uh, at this very venue, uh, I was arrested and detained in a police cruiser, apparently for committing the crime of asking insensitive questions uh, to our Deputy Prime Minister, Fraulein Freeland. However, I bumped into Nasser Pooley. He is what I would call the number one Persian freedom fighter here in Canada. You are not going to believe his story. Now, Nasser, as I said in the preamble, we were here to cover the event. You were here, my friend, because tragically, you have some skin in the game in terms of that horrific terrorist attack. You lost a friend four years family ago. Members. Uh, sorry, a family member on that. Members. Er, plural. Okay, then. First of all, Nasser, what were the names of your family members that were lost? Uh, I prefer not to say it in okay. here if you don't mind. I understand. I mean, folks, you have to understand. Nasser has... you know what? I don't mind it. Muzgan Danishment okay. and Pedro Musavi from University of Alberta with their two children. And I can understand your hesitation. You have enemies in this country. Uh, you're often wearing a bulletproof vest. That is the state of affairs. But you came here to show your respects, to watch the vigil, and when you went in to the venue, what happened? Uh... When uh, I told the gentleman that they were, uh, they were two private guys in suit, and when they arrested you, and then I, when I told him, I said, de-escalate this, there is no need for this, this is unnecessary. And then after when they put you in the truck, and then we start going inside the door, immediately he calls me by name, he says, Nasser, you're not allowed to come in here. I said, excuse me? He said, oh, it's by ticket only. I said, where was the ticket sold? 
and then he says, oh, it's sold out. And then they went inside and immediately I asked Susan to start the live video. But we have it in the videotape, what he was saying. We didn't have a live video. Then she started the live video, we went inside and then they said, oh, uh, tickets were, uh, they were sold, tickets are sold out. I said, where was the ticket selling that I didn't know about it? Then uh, he left, another gentleman comes in, he says, oh, was by email invitations only, friends and families. I said, I'm a family member. He says, by email only. Email was sent to only certain people to come in here and friends and families. And then... Uh, and Nasser, did you explain to them that you have two lost relatives on yes. this flight? Yes, they said you bring the email. And that's what they said. But I had not received the emails. Anyhow. And then all of a sudden I see from the Communist Party that they are active in Toronto area. They, they have the email. I saw the email. They, they had sent the email. Obviously, they were checking the email by, uh, by email. I see her there. I said, oh my God, the Communist people, Communist Party can go in. I can't. And how does, how does this happen? Anyhow. You know what, Nasser, if I may. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy that they'll let communists in uh, rather than somebody who is trying to mourn uh, his family members on that flight. But let's face it, communists are losers. What I find really egregious is we have senior members of the liberal government here, including the prime minister himself, and four years after this absolutely grotesque act of terrorism because that's what it was the IRGC is still not recognized as a terrorist group why it puzzles me uh, Mr. Razid like it is not just that they have a lot of lot of as her own them saying that lot of IRGC family members members we see police officer of the Iran that has tortured Iranian people, arrested Iranian people, and that he freely he comes to Canada. And they're all over Vancouver, they are in Toronto, all over the places. And I am puzzled, really. You mean the Canadian government tells us we have 10,000 people, we have put them under the sanction. I want to see that list. I want to see that those names, 10,000 people when you are claiming 10,000 people that have been uh, sanctioned. I want to see that list. I want to see that names. And the, what else is holding you back? How come all this money laundering? How come all these exchanges in Canada? None of them been getting arrested. What's going on? Nasser, is that the real unspoken reason behind why this government is so soft on terrorists and terrorist groups? Is there some kind of money angle here uh, is somebody perhaps getting paid off? I think a lot of people are getting paid off. This is my perspective, my opinion, my vision, that that's the only thing you can let the terrorist people, terrorists, or uh, um, people that they have violated the human rights. In Iran, you let them in Canada. And this is what's happening. They can kill Iranian young people, they can kill Iranian young children or uh, girls and boys. That doesn't matter, I guess. But people, they transfer money from Iran to Qatar and to Dubai or Turkey 
And then some of the real estate agents, as a real estate agents, they transfer money to buy properties, property gets bought, and then they turn on, they sell the property for lower amount immediately, or they make a profit out of it, and the money cashed in Canada, or cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. And you tell me, why do I know more than the CSIS? Why do I have to know more than the CSIS? You mean CSIS doesn't know, RCMP doesn't know, the other police organizations don't know that? This is ridiculous. When are we going to stop this? And, and you know, uh, Nasser, as you know, I've lived in Richmond Hill for 25 years now. Uh, I can tell you there is a significant Persian minority here. I believe it's as high as 14%. My dealings with the Persian community have been absolutely positive. I have Persian friends. I patronize Persian businesses here. The one exception to that rule is the member of parliament for this very riding we're standing in, Majid Johari. He is a supporter of the regime, whereas all the Persians I've met fled the regime. They didn't like the tyranny. He has had secret meetings with Iranian government officials. How does that guy get elected? Iranian MPs. See, when he had a meeting with Iranian MPs, he wasn't the only one. There was other police officers beside him. We have the pictures. And when these people, they meet with these MPs, at that time, by the way, Iranian government was under the sanctions. Under what laws and rules in Canada they met with them? Did they meet on behalf of Canadian people, Canadian elected officers, Canadian elected MPs, or they met by themselves on the side? This was a sidelight. And why did Mr. Trudeau didn't question that? This is a party of the Mr. Trudeau. Well, you know, Nasser, speaking of questions, on several occasions, folks, I've tried to question MP Majid Johari. Uh, guess what? He always calls the cops. Check it out. What has Justin Trudeau said about your connections with uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran? I don't have any connection to Islamic Republic of Iran, and Prime Minister has uh, repeatedly supported me in both my writing and in the unfortunate events that happened uh, in the last two weeks. And yet, your writing, it's 11% Iranian. When I go out to the Persian community here, sir, they have nothing but bad things to say about you. Why is that? Well, I'm, I don't know about that. Sorry, unfortunately, you've been asked to leave by security, so okay. you have to leave. All right, then. I'll respect that, sir. Okay. Uh, so I just want to tell time, you... Next time in the future, Yep. when you get asked to leave by security or anybody, you need to leave. Okay. We were on our way out, actually, when you came. I just want to explain that this gentleman here is a Canadian MP who has ties to the Iranian regime, the same regime that is responsible for the death of 57 Canadians. Okay. It, oh, doesn't 57 can, dead Canadians doesn't matter? Sir, I'm, in, I'm here to enforce that you're here okay. after you've been asked to leave, so I need you to leave, please. Okay. They're fair, fair enough, but thank you, Officer, for stating that the deaths of 57 Canadians does not That's matter. I am here. I know. So, I, so have I. <laughs> so have I. Actually, as a matter of fact, one of them, you and I, we went to their door, if you remember. Yes. Yep. Previous to that, it was uh, the 25th of January 2020. Yep. He had a sit for coffee on Richmond. In Hillcrest Mall. In Hillcrest Mall. Yep. And we went there and he said that, uh, I asked him the same question. He said, Mr. Pooley, I promised you in two weeks, in two weeks, 
I'm going to contact you. We sit down, ask, uh, ask all the questions you want. I will answer all your questions. I said, you know what? No problem. And I was agree with that. And there was a video. We released the video out. And then we came back. It's still four years past. Four years past. It's still, he, we are waiting for his call that he's going to call us. We can ask our questions. Why were you sitting with the, with the Iranian MPs, which you know is a terrorist organization, you know is a fascist government, you know they have killed young children on the streets of Tehran and all over all the cities in the Iran. They have tortured the Iranian people. And what are in here is the money, and that's called blood money. That is a blood of Iranian young children's money. You this know, is uncalled for. This is ridiculous. It is uncalled for. And what is also uncalled for, uh, Nasser, is that right now, indoors, we have all kinds of people, including some of nefarious backgrounds, including the federal government liberals, uh, taking in a vigil. Uh, as I said earlier, they are turning a blind eye to the IRGC. They have blood on their hands of Canadian citizens. And a man like you, who lost two relatives, you're out oh, here in the cold. With their children. With their children, I apologize. Four relatives, you're out here in the cold on the curb. Uh, like, you don't matter. Um, last word goes to you, my friend. Last word goes to me. When I saw you, they, were, they arrested you there. It reminded me of my arrest. And this what was that for, Nasser? That was we exposed one of the, I'm not supposed to buy court. I was ordered not to talk about it. And I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. But I'm going to talk to you about the false allegation. I was not arrested because I went to their uh, premises to expose them what they are, ask questions. I was arrested for the lies that they have made their lies had no base at all whatsoever. Then they, were, they have lied about it. And I was not even in that area at all. And I had no idea. I have never met these people. They have made accusation that I have threatened to kill them. Based on lies. And police arrested me, kept me for seven days in two-person jail. They kept me three people. And then they were, uh, those people, they were offender of the federal crimes with guns and all that stuff, they put me there. Maybe, hopefully, they would get rid of me in the, my, in the jail, in the cell. And that was not right. And this is a, our, unfortunately, this is our loss. Unbelievable. Folks, what can I tell you? Doesn't this say everything about Canada that we're living in under Prime Minister Trudeau? You have pro-Hamas supporters uh, chanting for genocide in the streets. The government and law enforcement turns a blind eye. You have a Iranian terrorist organization, the IRGC. No, we're not going to declare it as such, even though uh, dozens of Canadian citizens were massacred four years ago this month. But if the trucker convoy is uh, upsetting people with their horn honking, well, they'll be arrested. Tamara Leach will be in solitary confinement. Uh, Canadians that support a GoFundMe will have their bank accounts frozen. What a despicable state of affairs. You know, it's very fitting that this event is being held at the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts because this is an egregious tragedy that's going on in which the 
law-abiding citizens of Canada are the victims. Well, folks, I have an epilogue to that video because we learned something just yesterday that we didn't know on Monday when this event went down. And namely, it's this. Check out this video. The person who is Norman the Dorman at the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts is none other than that plainclothes York Regional Police Service officer. Why is he doing door duty, picking out who gets to go in to this vigil and deciding who is persona non grata? How did he know Nasser by name, given that the two never met? We are filing a freedom of information request regarding York Regional Police and Christia Freeland's office and the RCMP. We want to know what's going on behind the scenes, why they're making lists of those they deem citizens that they approve of and those they deem persona and media non grata. This has the makings of an unbelievable scandal. Stay tuned. Tons of feedback, uh, no surprise there, regarding Ezra's monologue last night on, um, well, the incident that went down on, in Richmond Hill, in which yours truly was um, uh, deemed to be media non grata based on political reasons as opposed to breaking any law. One Dilly Gaff writes, mainstream media only covered it because they had no choice. It was going viral but they also made a point of stating how many times David has been arrested, but never stated as to why he was arrested at those other events or the fact he was driven down behind a school and let loose. You know, that's a great point on your first point, sir. Um, you're absolutely right. If there was no such thing as social media, if there was no such thing as Twitter, AKA X, uh, yeah, I don't think the mainstream media is covering this story. They despise us, but they are doing it begrudgingly. They have no other choice to cover a Canadian story that is going viral around the world. I'm happy to see that even they have to report on that egregious event of a few days ago. Traylin writes, CBC and others not calling David a journalist because they have no reference to what one is. Well, Trey Lynn, thanks for bringing up that point. Folks, let me tell you, in the early 80s, I went to the Ryerson School of Journalism for three years, graduated with a degree. Uh, 1985, uh, got my first full-time job in journalism and have been working ever since as a full-time journalist. I have one awards for my journalism. I think any way you slice it, I'm a journalist. So what's this business? Oh, he's not a real journalist. Well, I'll tell you what it is, folks. I don't think like the mainstream media trained SEALs think. I'm not left of center. I'm not on the government dole. That evidently is the benchmark when it comes to who's a real journalist and who isn't. The mainstream media should be absolutely ashamed of itself. 
Robert Mathis writes, Look at the eyes of Freeland's aide as she looked in on the bald RCMP guy and moved forward and to the right of Freeland. She knew that this was a setup. They didn't count on a cameraman. Well, that was a huge fail on their part. If this was indeed a premeditated setup, uh, can't wait for this case uh, to get underway in the months and years ahead. Um, but really, in this day and age of cell phones, everyone is a cameraman. Everyone is recording, especially when something uh, controversial is happening. It just goes to show the, the stupidity of that bald-headed RCMP officer and, of course, Fraulein Freeland herself. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ezra Levent Show. Ezra, as you know, is off to Davos. Uh, he's going to be doing fantastic journalism there. Can't wait for that either. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>